As the Jets try to build a championship team around Aaron Rodgers, they have some obstacles. A lack of salary cap space, a lack of quality free agents to sign, even maybe a lack of draft picks. And we're going to talk about the ways the Jets can work around these things today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, March 24th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Well, the Jets continue to wait on a potential Aaron Rodgers trade, but they need to build the team around Rodgers because we know Rodgers is likely coming and the Jets will be all in trying to win a championship. However, there are some obstacles the Jets face as they try and build up this team around their presumptive quarterback. And we're going to talk about some of these obstacles on today's episode. Now, I think we know at this point, the Jets no longer have one of the worst rosters in the league, the way that maybe they did two, three years ago. The, the roster is improved, but it's not quite on a championship level yet. However, it's not easy to build a team that, this quickly, especially you know, the Jets are kind of trying to turn their team from a, you know, a decent roster to a championship one overnight. And they have a kind of a short window to do it in because Rodgers is going to be turning 40 during the season. And again, I'm, I'm presuming this trade's going to happen. And I think by all accounts, it's likely. It's very likely. You know, nothing is done until it's done. There's always a potential complication that could come into play. But I, I think it's very likely at this point that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. I feel like I say that every day. I feel like I'm going to continue to say it every day until this deal's actually done. But it's not so easy to do it. And it's particularly difficult for a team like the Jets because they have some obstacles in place as they try and build this roster up. And I think the first one you have to look at is, at this point, a lack of salary cap space. Now, if you go to the great website, overthecap.com, they have like really detailed breakdowns on cap situations across the league. Right now, they have the Jets with about $10 million of cap space. And that does not include Aaron Rodgers, who will take up $15 million of cap space himself this year. So the Jets will probably have to make some moves just to get Aaron Rodgers under the cap. And that doesn't even talk about some of the other moves that they're going to have to make in order to build a team around him, in order to fit the right pieces around him. So how does a team like the Jets get the cap space they need to, first of all, get Rodgers, second of all, to get players that they need? Well, one option is letting players go. You know, there are certain players where you can just cut them and they save you a lot in cap space. Corey Davis is, is one such player, and Corey Davis seems like a guy who's likely on his way out right now. It feels like maybe the Jets are waiting for one more receiver, maybe like an Odell Beckham Jr. It's also possible, I don't know that's likely, but Davis could be in the trade for Rodgers. Green Bay could use a veteran receiver, and this is not been, this is not a great receiver year. This is not a great year to need a receiver. So a guy like Davis, who has a fairly reasonable contract, he actually may be able to fetch a late-round pick. I would not be shocked by that, but... A guy like Davis, you could cut him, you could save around $10.5 million. You could also cut Carl Lawson, you'd save about $15.5 million. 
But there are other options available for teams like the Jets. They could do what's known as restructuring contracts. You've already seen some contracts restructured. You've seen Tyler Conklin restructured. You've seen John Franklin John Franklin Myers restructured. There, there are other guys who could be restructured uh, going forward. And what restructuring a contract is, essentially, you're taking a player's cap hit this year and you're pushing it into the future. So you're creating cap space in 2023 and you're pushing it to 2024, 2025, and beyond. And the way you do that is you do what's known as converting base salary into signing bonus. So base salary is essentially what you it's essentially the player's salary for the season. So you get a each player gets a game check after each of the 17 games and that's their base salary. Signing bonus is kind of what it sounds like. It's bonus money that you get paid. And there's a schedule, you know, that it's typically paid, you know, fairly quickly. The schedule of the payments, you know, the, the timing of the payments, you know, that's something that's negotiated at the time of the restructure. But signing bonus, essentially, you get up front. So you don't have to wait for the season. You essentially get the money quicker. And it's a bulk pay. It's a lump sum payment. It's a bulk payment. So players are usually going to agree to it because instead of waiting waiting for the fall to, be, you know, get, get a check for over the course of 17 weeks, you can get it all up front. Isn't that a pretty good deal? Wouldn't you take that? I think a lot of people would. So... That clears up cap space. The, the way it clears up cap space is signing bonus is paid over the life of the contract. So essentially your cap hit, you, the player gets all the money up front, but it's charged to your, to your team equally through the life of the contract. So let's say I give you, a, let's say I sign you to a three-year contract with a $3 million signing bonus. You're one, you get one, you're one, you, you get the full $3 million up front, but the cap hit is $1 million for year one, $1 million for year two, $1 million for year three. So you can see this by converting base salary, you know, your base salary counts against the cap this year to signing bonus, which is for which the cap hit is spread out equally. You lower the cap hit this year, but you push cap hits to future years. And there's actually another mechanism that, and the Jets have used this with a couple of players. They've used this with Dwayne Brown. They've used it with uh, CJ Mosley. They actually used it with the, you know, the linemen they signed from Washington last week. And this concept is called void years. What's a void year? Well, it's essentially a contract. It's essentially a year that's tacked onto the contract that the player is never going to actually see. And what essentially the contract says is this contract is void as of this date. So, for example, I can give if I gave you a three year contract, but the last two years are void years. So it would say essentially I give you a three year contract. This contract is void after the first year, even though it's technically a three year contract. So that means you that means you're cut after th- you're cut after the first year because the contract automatically voids after the first year. But because there's still technically three, it's technically a three-year contract. If I give you that signing bonus, I can still spread out the cap hits because the contract hasn't voided yet. So it's a three-year contract. It voids after year one, but until the contract voids, those last two years are still on the deal. So if I give you your $3 million signing bonus again, so let's say, okay, three-year contract voids after year one, $3 $3 million signing bonus. It's still $1 million this year, $1 million in year two, $1 million in year three. So then, but then you're a free agent after year one. I hope that makes sense. So essentially the Jets have the mechanism. Jets can do this with a number of their players if they want to. Now, the drawback to it is that that cap hit stays on the books. You, you, can't, get, you can't get rid of the cap hit after you, after you add, you know, if, after you give a player a signing bonus and you push the cap into future years, you are going to be charged for that money in the future. So it limits your flexibility quite a bit. It means that money's on, on your on your balance sheet no matter what happens going forward. And you see the teams that, a lot of teams manage their cap this way, and sometimes they get into trouble because they push too much of this money to the future. 
Now, as you can imagine, this is not a big deal for a player who's going to be on your team anyway, and a player who's still performing at a high level. But if you go back, you know, 10, 11 years, the Jets actually got into trouble with this approach. Uh, they gave, they essentially restructured deals for guys like Bart Scott and Calvin Pace. And these guys got old really fast. And essentially the Jets had, had them on these huge cap numbers and they essentially were in complete decline. And that's one of the reasons the Mike Tannenbaum era ended so poorly. It's because the Jets managed their cap this way. It's not as big of a deal if a guy is going to be on your team though going forward, because then you're just kind of reshuffling money. You know, it comes into play when the guy's not playing well and you really would like to cut him, but you can't because you have all this cap money that you've pushed to the future. So that's the first way the Jets can do this. And, you know, they can open up cap space that way. And I think that, you know, with Rodgers, essentially what the Jets are doing here is they're going all in this year and maybe next year. And then they're going to worry about 2024, 2025 when we get there or you know, 2025, 2026 when we get there. Essentially, they're pushing money that cannot be, you know, once you once you push that money to the future, it's there. And the way, the reason for that is every dollar you pay a player eventually gets charged you on the cap. The cap just allows you, and the rules of the NFL just kind of allow you to manipulate when you're charged. So I can give you a million, I can give you $3 million today, and I can stretch out the $3 million hit over three years. But eventually I am charged for that. Eventually the team is charged, and you have to be charged. It's just a question of, it's just a question of when you're charged. So that's that's the way. I hope that it makes sense because that's kind of the explanation of how the Jets can create the cap, this cap space. And sometimes, like people see, oh, they restructured the deal, they opened up cap space. This is genius cap management. It's not genius cap management. It's not necessarily bad cap management, depending on what you're doing. It's just a reshuffling. They're they're, made, they're performing kind of some accounting moves to push the charges to the future. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll continue this Friday episode. And we're going to talk about another challenge the Jets face, and that's just overall general lack of quality free agents available, especially in the areas where the Jets need help. What can they do about it? Well, I'll give you an idea as we continue on this Friday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. Of course, we talk about the NFL on this show, but local team, the Princeton Tigers, playing tonight in the Sweet 16. That's not the only big bracket action happening right now. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'm not sure what you'll be voting for, but there are so many great flavors. Built Bar has, there are just so many delicious bars and puffs. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky, lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one lucky Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try a Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. And they're so amazing that you won't even think that they're good for you. What makes these bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Thank you for making Locked On Jet your first listen or first watch every day. We're talking about... The Jets offseason, Jets trying to build a championship team around Aaron Rodgers, not so easy to do, especially in such a t- short time frame. The Jets ha- essentially have to take their roster from good to great overnight, really. And they face some challenges. One of the challenges, this is just not a good year to need free agents. Um, you know, I looked at this class this year, even heading into the offseason, there were not a lot of players that were particularly intriguing to me. There, and this happens sometimes. You know, sometimes there are years where you, where you look and you say, well, there are lots of guys that I want. 
this was not one of those years. In fact, really the only guy who intrigued me a lot was Orlando Brown, the tackle from the Chiefs, who eventually signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets were apparently in on him. Unfortunately, they were not able to land him. I I would feel a lot better about this team if Orlando Brown was playing tackle right now. But the Jets now need to look elsewhere to fill their offensive line void. And you know, I don't really know where you look at the offensive line. And beyond that, I think one of the challenges is that the areas where the Jets are deficient right now, there's not a ton of quality available. You know, the offensive line is always difficult to do in free agency. You know, there's usually like one or two guys a year who really can help your team. You know, and that's it's become one of those issues. And we could go into the reasons for for why there's such a shortage of of offensive line talent in the NFL today. You know, some of it may go to the college systems. You know, the players aren't necessarily getting instructions or getting trained on technique the way they need to in order to succeed in the NFL. But the bottom line is that, you know, it's very difficult to make offensive line happen in free agency. But, you know, the receiver market's also not great this year. Last year, there were a lot of number one type receivers who changed teams when you're talking about, you know, just coming to mind, Amari Cooper got traded, uh, A.J. Brown got traded, Debo Samuel did not get traded, but there were plenty of rumors about him. Tyreek Hill, of course, got traded. You don't really see that caliber of receiver changing teams, so, at least so far this year. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, there are now rumors about him, and there's Buffalo's actually come up as a team that could be interested in him. And, I mean, look, if you're the Jets, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins should be a guy that interests you a whole lot right now. But there are just, you know, there aren't really a lot of a lot of players I see out there who could help the Jets, at least in areas of need. And it's almost like, you know, if we're talking about what the Jets should do in free agency here on out, and it's also tricky because a lot of the, the best players are gone now. You know, there's that first phrase of free, phase of free agency where the dumb money is spent. And I'll, I'll call it the dumb money where you give out the market-setting contracts, and this is my least favorite phase of free agency. It's the phase where you know Mike McCagden loved to operate, where you're just giving out crazy contracts. It's one of my least favorite, and you know, people, I, I always hated hated the Mike McCagden off-seasons for that reason, because it was just, you, 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 if you're signing guys the first day or two of free agency, it's probably because you've given a player an offer so good that he has to take it. You know, there's no deliberation required. There's no there's no thinking about which team I'm going to. There's no, like, comparing two offers. You've given a guy a contract so crazy that it's just, he has to take it. Then you have kind of the second phase. That's after things kind of quiet down a bit where, you know, some of the better value meal deals are done where sometimes a guy, you know, the market did not develop for him the way he wanted to and he has to settle for a lesser deal, or you get a guy who's kind of like an ascending player who's maybe a little under the radar, like a DJ Reed last year, and that's where some of the best deals are done. I feel like we're kind of past that point now, and there are still some guys out there who are going to be good value deals, and you, you still have some guys, you know, some guys who are going to have to settle for one-year contracts who, who ne- did not get the market they were looking for. You also have some guys coming off injuries who are holding out, who probably are going to wait until they can show that they're healthy, be able to work out with teams. So it's not like it's not like there are no quality free agents available, but it's not so easy right now. I think we're we're past the point where the best value, de- you know, a lot of the best value deals have already been done. So now we're in the third phase, and we also have the guys who are kind of trying to stay in the league. So what can the Jets do? Well, you know, if you I think if you look at it, there are areas that are, where the Jets are kind of strong, where maybe they can add to the strength, and I think that that's one of those off season philosophies that people ignore, people kind of dismiss, but. There are two ways to improve your team. You can make a weakness stronger, but you can also make a strength stronger. And I think about the Jets' pass rush. I think about their defensive line. They have guys, they're constantly rotating guys in and out. And listen, you have Quinn and Williams who, you know, 
turned into a superstar this year, and you hope he maintains that level of play. You also have a lot of quality players around Quinn and Williams. You have John Franklin Myers. At this point, you still have Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson may be cut or maybe avoid year's candidate based on, you know, depending on what the Jets decide they want to do. Maybe add an, I mean, there actually are some decent pass rushers available. Maybe a Yannick Ngakwe could come into play. Maybe a Leonard Floyd. And that's, I think that's kind of the mindset you have to go into right now, because I don't think you're going to be able to fix many of your problems through free agency. So of your remaining free agent dollars, maybe you just have to build up the strengths unit of your team and make them even stronger. You know, it's not an ideal situation, but I don't really see a lot of options in the areas where, I mean, every each week we get, we do a mailbag show and the last couple of weeks I've gotten a mailbag question of which free agents really interest you in Jets need areas. And the reason I haven't answered it is because I don't really have a good answer for it. So I think you have to just, I think you reach a point where you just have to try and improve your team another way, where maybe you just say, you know what, we're going to live with this weakness and we're just going to build our strengths into overwhelming strengths and hope that they cover our weaknesses. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll conclude our Friday episode. We're going to turn to the draft. Jets may be a little low on draft picks this year. What can they do to work around that? Well, I have an idea. I'll tell you what it is if we continue this Friday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, it is the NFL offseason, but as I mentioned earlier, the NCAA tournament it has the Sweet 16 tonight and the Elite 8 Saturday and Sunday. We've got a local team in still in the mix. The Princeton Tigers take the floor tonight in the Sweet 16. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers, even threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday. We're talking about what the Jets can do to build up their rosters, despite some limitations that they may have in trying to procure players this offseason. Let's talk about the NFL draft. And, you know, the perception is that this is not a great draft class. In fact, a lot of analysts seem to feel that this is the least talented draft class since the one from 10 years ago, 2013. Heading into that draft, a lot of people felt like there was a weak class, and they ended up being right. Now, there were some really great players that came out of that draft class. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, a guy I mentioned, actually was drafted that year. So it's not like there are no good players available, but your odds of hitting on a good player you know, might be lower this year than it is a lot of other years. So that's a challenge. Another challenge the Jets may face is they may just be low on picks because it's not a guarantee this deal gets done with the Packers before the draft, but it certainly is possible that the Jets deal the Packers one of their early round picks, either a first round pick or a second round pick. If that's the, and I know the Jets now have an extra second-round pick, but that came in the Elijah Moore trade where they gave away a third-round pick to, in order to move up, the, in order to get the second-round pick they got from Cleveland. So the Jets, you know, in addition to having, a, a, in addition to being in a draft class that's not so great, they maybe have a shortage of picks. And to me, like, this is like the year where the temptation is to trade up because I think, I think there might be a temptation out there saying there are only so many good players, you got to move up to get them. I think the... For the, I think generally speaking, though, this is the type of year where you should be looking to trade down, where if there are only a handful of players who are going to be great, you want to give yourself as many chances to find them as you can. 
And I think that that means trading down and adding more picks. Now, this is kind of a theoretical exercise because without knowing the players who are available, it, you know, it's difficult to say who, who the Jets should trade down with when they should trade down. And I'm not saying, by no means am I suggesting that trading up is always a bad idea. A well-timed trade-up can make all the difference in the world for your team in a very positive way. The last couple of years, the Jets have been very aggressive trading up, but they also had extra draft picks to play with. So essentially, we're able to use, leverage their, their draft picks to trade up and still keep a healthy assortment of draft picks. So they still have plenty of chances to find good players. But I think that this is one mistake teams make, is they become overconfident in their evaluations. And the draft is very is very inexact science. In fact, it's, it's, it's not a science. It's, it's art. It's, not, it's more art than science. You know, it's really difficult to project how these prospects are going to pan out because you have so many different things that you're dealing with. You know, these are guys who are young, who are going to enter new systems, new cities. Football is going to be their job for the first time. They'll deal with more complex playbooks. There's just a lot that you're playing playing against better athletes you've ever played against. A lot of them need technical refinement. Are they good fits for your scheme? Do they have the skill sets? Can they learn? Can they develop? That's a lot to consider, isn't it? And beyond that, there's the, thing that, the things that are beyond your control. Like, you know, some players, unfortunately, suffer pretty serious injuries, and it's not, it's not their fault. And you can never – I mean, there are guys who enter the league more injury-prone, so I, I don't want to say you can never predict it, but it's difficult to predict. I mean, lots of guys have their careers ruined by injuries, and there was nothing prior that would have suggested it would have happened. So there's so much up in the air, and I think the teams become overconfident in their ability to evaluate. And I think, if, you know, you look at the smart teams in the league, they're the ones that stockpile the extra picks because they understand, you know, we're going to miss on some picks. I feel like every year, when, you know, during the season, I get an email from somebody who says, well, the Jets haven't hit on more than, you need to hit on more than half your draft picks, which really isn't true. You miss on more picks than you hit on. It's not that when you actually hit, it has an outsized value to your team. It has an enormous... Hitting on a pick helps your team more than missing on a pick hurts your team typically, because you get guy who uh, you get a player who has a very cheap contract who's giving you a lot of value. So that's that's really the the game. The game in the draft is it's not about the percentage. It's about it's about finding hits, and your opportunity to hit is increased the more picks you have. So I think the Jets should be aggressively looking to move down. Again, it depends on what's going on here. There might be a perfect player for them at thirteen. And you don't want to trade down. You don't want to cost yourself an opportunity at that player. So it depends on the specifics. But I think if all things are equal, the Jets should be looking to move down and stockpile more picks because especially if they make the Rodgers trade, they're going to be down a pick or two. So they're going to need to add add to their assortment in order to have a good shot at hitting and finding good players because the Jets, there are a couple of reasons for this. I mean, this even goes beyond the Rodgers years. You know, the Jets are going to have, because the Jets are pushing so much money into the future, they're going to have a more difficult time navigating the cap, you know, three, four years down the line. So they'll need cheap players who are providing impact for them through the draft in order to compensate for that. So that that's another reason. But beyond that, you know, if you're looking for immediate impact players in a year where there aren't a lot of great players, again, the temptations to move up, the temptations, the temptation is to say, well, there are only a few, few good players available. We better, we better make sure we get one. We better move up to get one. The challenge is that you don't always know who those players are going to be. So you want to build in a margin for error, and you want to cast as wide a net as possible, and I think moving down could help the Jets do that. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast, source, please a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. This helps the channel out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday to talk more Jets.